0: You're listening to episode number 31 of Strike the Match. In this episode, my guest is Steve Addison. Steve and his wife co-lead the Australian-based mission agency known as MOVE. Steve is also the author of books such as Movements That Change the World and What Jesus Started. In this episode, Steve and I discuss his latest book set to release in December of 2015 with InterVarsity Press titled Pioneering Movements, Leadership That Multiplies Disciples and Churches. So with that in mind,
1: let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with pastor and missiologist Dr. J.D. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D.
0: Today on Strike the Match, uh, I have with me, uh, Steve Addison. Steve uh, is an author. Uh, he's a, he's a missionary. He's a, 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 an agency leader and uh, and obviously a follower of Christ. And you may be familiar with Steve uh, with his his podcasts that he he uh, produces as well as books that he uh, has written. Uh, he's the author of books such as Movements That Change the World, uh, Five Keys to Spreading the Gospel, uh, and a book entitled uh, What Jesus Started, Joining the Movement changing the world. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to spend some time talking about uh, his latest book that, uh, if I recall correctly, is supposed to come out in December of this year, 2015. And this is a, an excellent book, one that you will want to get a copy of. It's entitled Pioneering Movements, Leadership That Multiplies Disciples in Churches. Uh, Steve joins me today from Leicester, England. And so, Steve, I want to just say to you, welcome to Strike the Match.
1: Thank you JD. It's good to be with you.
0: So Steve, you're married to uh, Michelle and you yes. lead you lead a mission agency called Move, is that correct?
1: Yes. It's a, an Australian-based uh, mission agency committed to multiplying disciples and churches.
0: And uh, you can be and Move can be found online at movenetwork.org.
1: That's right. And uh, we we have workers uh, in the South Pacific and in India, Thailand, Australia and Michelle and I are here, based in in the United Kingdom.
0: So uh, today, uh, I want to spend some time talking about pioneering movements. And this is with InterVarsity Press, and uh, I think the release date I saw was December of 2015. Am I am I yes. correct? Okay. Yes. Well, very, very good. So, so give us uh, give us an understand kind of a background. Why why did you write this this book, pioneering movements? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I uh, I was. Working on my, the first book that looked at the characteristics of dynamic movements. And that was movements that changed the world. Yes, and just things like white-hot faith, commitment to the cause, uh, contagious relationships, rapid mobilization, and adaptive methods. Mm-hmm. And we were visiting some of our workers in, uh, in China, and I came out of China and, and sat down with a couple of men called Smith. Uh, Bill Smith and Steve Smith, mm-hmm. they're, they're with the uh, IMB mission agency. And they, they've they been in the middle of multiplying movements in different parts of uh, the world. And I just sat down and shared these five keys. And uh, I was encouraged because they said, yes, that's what we're seeing. Mm. In the-. And I said, you know, I think there's a sixth. And um And they asked, well, what would that be? I said, well, I've just come out of China, and and I think one of the keys is a movement pioneers, you know, apostolic leaders in the sense that they're they're pioneers who who multiplied disciples and churches. Mm -hmm. And they looked at each other, and they said, well, we've never seen a movement without apostolic leadership or without pioneering uh, movement leaders. And... um, and at that point, I thought, well, it's too late to add to my book. It's just about to come out. And I just made a mental note. You know, I've got to research this in Scripture and case studies around the world and, and turn this into a book. And uh, finally, I've been able to do that.
0: So, so the book is really focusing in on that apostolic leadership type. Is that correct?
1: Yes, it's 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 starting with um, the example of Jesus as our apostle and pioneer of the faith, and um, looks again at, at what what he did, uh, how he trained the twelve, and then um, we do a case study on on the apostle Peter because he's often the neglected one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we've done a lot of the, that sort of work in what Jesus started, the last book, so. I don't go a lot back over Paul because he's he's in that for, former book, but um, yeah, we just sort of looked at at uh, what are the patterns in Scripture. We're not talking about apostles, capital A, who write Scripture and 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 are the unique authoritative witnesses to the resurrection. We're talking about that wider group in the New Testament of. Pioneer missionaries, right? Certainly,
0: like like for example, Barnabas is referred yes. to as an apostle.
1: Yeah, Silas and 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 not just them, not just that apostolic leader, but typically as, as with Paul when he's in that pioneering mode, you know, he has uh, I think about a hundred people associated, just mentioned by name in the New Testament estimate, mm. local workers, local uh, believers. But also his mobile team, Mm -hmm. and um, so there's this sort of reality we see around Jesus, around Paul, and I think it's there with other pioneers where there's there's an apostolic band of they're not not all you know taking that title, but Mm. they're you know some of those many names that are tied in with Paul. And people often rotating on and off his team. You know, there's a strong relationship with the local churches. But they're like the, the, the Green Berets. Mm-hmm. They're going into unreached territory, doing pioneer evangelism, discipleship, church formation, strengthening those churches, and then the churches become partners uh, through sort of uh, reaching their own area in depth and partnering with those apostolic bands to take the gospel to the ends of the earth.
0: So, so Steve, in, in your work, in your research and uh, writing that you put into this book, uh, w- what are the characteristics of, of leadership or of leaders that are involved in multiplying disciples in churches?
1: Okay, and I'm, I'm going to draw on what, what we learned from Scripture and also, what, what are the patterns we see whenever we've seen multiplying movements through history? Or the great news is there are so many case studies around the world today.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And, you know, it, some of these things aren't, aren't going to surprise you, J.D. Um, the, these are people who are deeply committed to the gospel. Uh, there, there is no other foundation, mm-hmm. you know, than, than the gospel of Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, coming Lord. And so something has, has gripped them about uh, not just the transformation of their own life through the gospel, but their passion and desire to see it spread throughout whole cities and regions and go beyond that so they typically have a vision that is far beyond their individual ability to, to fulfill. And so they have to mobilize, you know, all of God's people for this task. They, when they wake up in the morning, um, they might be sort of helping a new church get started and strengthening it and teaching there, but they, they don't wake up and see their own backyard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They see the next city, the next region, the next uh, barrier to cross. And they're not just going to do that themselves, they're going to raise up both local leaders to stay and to go in depth in that area, and then they're gonna tap some people on the shoulder and say, Come on, let's 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 go do Ephesus
2: mm-hmm.
1: or, or, or let's move on to this next challenge, or uh, Epaphras, a uh, I I can't get to Colossae, but you're going there. Mm-hmm. Um so in that sense, they have a broad vision, but they mobilise the whole body of Christ to fulfil it. So, so that's, that's one of, yeah, gospel and and that broad vision. I I I can add to that if you like.
0: So uh, so you you're when you begin looking at the scriptures and you see these different characteristics, you're you're seeing these these characteristics show up in leaders in parts of China, parts of Africa, parts of. Um, other parts of Asia where these movements are taking place.
1: Yes, and and you know uh, some of them have seen quite significant movements. Um, we see it in church history. We look at a John Wesley. I mean, he's, he's he says the whole world is my parish. Mm-hmm. What that mean is it means is for him there there are no boundaries. I'm 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 coming. You know, the gospel's mm-hmm. coming, and and you can try and keep me out. As some some church leaders did but I'm coming anyway, uh, or a Hudson Taylor, you know, a William Carey. You know, they, they actually, each of them fulfilled their calling in a different sort of way, but it it it, it was effectively that same calling. So it's not just a cross-cultural gift. Um, you know, Wesley stayed in England. You know, some of the, the greatest leaders one day will discover are in, in China right now working within their own culture. Mm-hmm. But they're seeing multiplication, and and they're both pioneering and and strengthening and expanding network of churches. So uh, I'd like to ask you a question related Mm. to
0: to movements in the the Western world. Um, Several years ago, when uh, David Garrison's book, Church Planting Movements, uh, came out, uh, there, I, I knew that there was going to be a chapter on uh, North America in that mm. book, and so I was I was very eager to read that chapter. And when that book came out, I, I, as soon as I got the book in the mail, I, I mm. immediately turned to that mm. chapter, p- bypassing everything else. And um and I and I was a bit discouraged because mm. it was uh, it was more about historically when we saw movements, uh, particularly yeah. in the United States. Uh, on on the frontier as yes. the gospel expanded across the United States with Baptists and Methodists, mm. and uh, and then he he spoke of. Uh, some things that were happening at that point in time in the United States related to uh, what could potentially be uh, uh, the forerunners to mm. to movements that were happening, but it was nothing like what we we read about coming out of uh, parts yeah. of Asia and Africa and and South America. Um, why why not in in the Western world? Why are we not seeing the movements? Uh, of disciple-making movements that result in church multiplication, uh, like we are seeing in other parts of the world. What, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, my, my first thought, um, and it might sound a bit strange, but my first thought is to rejoice. In, in the sense that a uh, hundred years ago, Christianity was overwhelmingly a, a Western, uh, as in, you know, Europe, Australia, America, mm-hmm. these sorts of places. You know, we were a Western faith. Mm-hmm. There were many exceptions, but overwhelmingly that's where the center was. Well, over in the course of, you know, a century, that, that has shifted so dramatically. And now this is a global faith. And, you know, hundreds of millions of people have been swept into the kingdom mm-hmm. of God. Right. So the fact that, that we in the West, with all the education, all the resources, the history, the learning, have to go cap in hand to, you know, countries like India or China and say, how can we learn from mm-hmm. what we I think we should rejoice in that. Um, I think the other thing I, I, I would say is there's a mystery side to this. You know, I I wouldn't want you to read, I mean, the things that, that I write about, I, I can say, you know, most of us would look at this and say, yes, these, these principles are valid. I, I don't think they're, you know, totally original to me. But... There's a mystery side. Uh, you know, w- whenever we see, we see a great move in Korea since the war, and everybody's an expert about why. Uh, nothing like that has happened in Japan, mm-hmm. and we'll, they'll be an expert about why. But it's always after the event. No one's predicting the next breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I don't think we can just press buttons and create it and make it happen. You know, God God is sovereign, mm-hmm. and, and uh, so... But what we can do is partner with what he's doing. And we know these things, these principles of dynamic movements, of, of following the patterns that Jesus established and Paul, of learning from movements around the world or from what happened on the U.S. frontier. Those, those are the things that we should do as faithful stewards. And we've got to trust God for the harvest. Mm -hmm. So one reason why it's not happening, and this is going to sound strange, but this is certainly true in places like Australia and uh, Europe, where well, I'm based in the UK now, is one reason people aren't coming to faith is we're not sharing the gospel. That's right. Uh, We've lost confidence in it. Uh, We've tried to dress it up. You know, another reason why it's not happening is we're not mobilizing every believer to to share their story, to share a simple gospel outline, to invite someone in uh, to discover Jesus for themselves by reading the gospels. Um, And we're not training ordinary believers to make disciples. So part of it is what we need to do in terms of the good things we need to do, even even if the breakthroughs don't come, it's always right to get up and go find someone today who needs to know about Jesus. Absolutely, absolutely. It's always right to, to say to someone far from God, hey, I'm looking to read the Bible with someone. Would you be interested? Mm-hmm. Uh, to, 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 to not only lead people to Christ, but take them immediately into obedience-based uh, learning. Um, about being a disciple through reading the scriptures together, and to then, so these things are right to do. Now, so there's some some reasons why it's not happening, but here's the good news, JD. There are glimpses of movements beginning to to emerge across the United States, uh, and so some of my research has been to to come over a couple of times and to meet. You know, one of the, the whole chapter I've spent um, around one network that uh, associated with Jeff Sundell. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's right, a returned IMB missionary, and he has just been out the last six, seven years, just training people in the basics. You know, gospel, sharing your story, praying for people's needs, visiting people in the community, inviting people into discovery Bible study. He's not only doing those things, he's training and mobilizing workers mm-hmm. across the U.S. And it's, so far it's, it's gone under the radar, but um, there's a lot of people coming to Christ. Uh, there are discipleship groups forming and, and simple churches forming, and they're beginning to reproduce more than just one generation. So new groups, new disciples, new churches are starting a second and third generation. So it's, it's I'm, I'm not going to sort of baptize it as a, you know, this is, they've made it, they've got a long way to go. But here's a big surprise. There are some key flagship churches that are putting their hand up and say, you know, we, we recognize we're going to reach a lot of people with, with the attraction event, and then we're going to try and disciple them. But we'd also like to send some pioneer teams into our community, uh, and and see if we can do some of this grassroots mm-hmm. stuff. And you know, West Palm Beach uh, is it the Family Church there, led by Jimmy Scroggins? There, they're going down that way. I I know uh, Baptist Church at Sugar Creek. They're just the ones off the top of my head. But these are very quite large churches mm-hmm. that are. are have said Look, we're a both and church, we're a mixed economy. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we're not going. We're not going to break it because it's working well, <laughs> you know. But we're going to start some new initiatives that get people out into the community and see if we can, you know, and not associated with coming to the big service. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, and and we're seeing some very encouraging signs.
0: Steve, in in this book, what is your your desired hope, your desired outcome that this, that this book will achieve?
1: I think for the movement pioneers or their team members, I, I want them to know this is a legitimate thing they're doing. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not every leader is called to pastor a local church. Some are called to, you know, take the next mountain, to lead the next charge, you know, I've I just been talking to a brother in Germany uh, this afternoon. And, you know, on their hands now are thousands of, of uh, Syrian mm-hmm. refugees. And he's dreaming and plan- all he can think about is how we're we going to reach these people. That's great. Um, now, he'll mobilize local churches, but he has that movement pioneer perspective. He's thinking right across the nation, how are we going to get this done? Mm-hmm and how can i build a team to make it happen so i think one thing is to help them legitimize that sense of call they have the the other thing would be to to help every believer discover the place they have in a multiplying movement because jesus did something totally new in human history he founded a missionary movement that that has spread across the globe mm-hmm. And he, you know, the the great commission wasn't just given to the apostles, to the evangelists, the great to the missionaries. The great commission is given to every believer, and we, we all have a role to play locally, or, you know, tr- or or internationally, wherever it might be. But but you know, so I think on those two levels, every believer knows, hey, this is the contribution I can make,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and. I just sat down with a couple, they're just a local, uh, uh, he's just a local pastor, and we went through a few of the basics, you know, we caught up again two weeks later, and they told me story after story of loved ones, family members, close friends, who who just because I did a little bit of training with them, they're now sharing the Mm. gospel with, and they know what to do in terms of discipling them. And now they're training the people in in their small church, just Mm. a tiny church. Wow. And they said, Steve, you know, you're a busy guy. We're just touched that you'd want to be with us. Mm. And I, I said to them, guys, you're sharing the gospel. You're making disciples. You're training and mobilizing the people in your church. Why would I want to be with anyone else? I'd rather be with you than than the Archbishop of Canterbury. (laughs) I'm not saying he's not doing those things, but I'm saying, guys, this is where I want to be. Certainly, certainly. Steve, where
0: can uh, we find you online? Where's your your social media presence, website presence, things of that nature?
1: Yes, if people go to movements.net, movements.net. They'll find all of those links there and links to the podcast.
0: Okay, and your, your podcast uh, title, uh, if someone's it's, looking that up? Uh,
1: yeah, it's Movements. If They just search for Movements. they'll they'll find it, or movements that change the world.
0: Fantastic. My guest today on Strike the Match has been Steve Addison. You will want to get a copy of his new book, uh, Pioneering Movements, Leadership That Multiplies Disciples and Churches with InterVarsity Press, uh, scheduled to be released December 2015. I have read this book. Uh, I think it will be a great asset to uh, not only your library, but also to your ministry. And so get a copy of this book. Don't put it on the shelf, but it learn from it, and apply it to what you're doing. Steve, thanks so
1: much for being with us today. Thank you, J.D. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Payne. You can find J.D. on Facebook or follow him on Twitter at JB underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jbpayne.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, and we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.